Jeez, I was just falling away my uh, signed Blu-ray copy of Mordecai. Unbelievable. Was, uh, back in the- hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of uh, Talking Upstream. This is literally my favorite show that comes out on Sundays that stars Dylan, uh, who is recently <laughs> nominated as Podcaster of the Year. Podcast no, host no, of the year. no. It was host. It was host. Hope, not podcaster <laughs> podcast host of host of something of the year yeah sure uh, dylan terry uh wow how have you been dylan how are you my friend yeah, i'm doing all right i'm doing all right you look good i like when you smile usually you're yawning that, yeah. means, that means you like our guests don't talk about it no. <laughs> how are you zach i'm doing great man uh so you know the, the, the show if you don't know what the show is it, it, we find our favorite creators uh creators that have made uh cool podcasts or comic books or or even uh a foam edi- non-edible uh delights that you wear on your head or shoulders uh and then we talked about why they do what they do and, and how they do what they do uh now Dylan and i we spent a lot of time trying to find out how to make a movie um that's going to make us big. You know, how do we make a movie? How do you make a movie? Uh, and then I stumbled upon a movie about making a movie and it really changed my outlook. Uh, and, and I'm so excited on, a, uh, like, like I was saying off and, and unfortunately Dylan was like, Hey, we should start hitting record Zach, Cause you're talking way too much. <laughs> um, but the thing is like there, there's a lot of times I watch a lot of movies and, and I'm like, Oh my God, this movie is really cool. And I reach out to these people and they're like, no, you're not important enough. Uh, no. Uh, and then every once in a while I like a movie so much. I'm like, okay, they're going to say no, but I'm going to send an email. And I sent an email to, uh, to two people that made a movie and, um, one of them quickly said, yeah, I'm in, this sounds cool. And Mm -hmm. Dylan is now going to introduce our guest of the week, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, so uh, this week joining us is Tanner Thomason. He's an actor and producer. He's known for Faith-Based. Uh, a few other projects I'll let him talk about primarily, but I think Faith-Based is a big recent one. So uh, without further ado, welcome Tanner. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Thanks for ah, having me. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, doing well. Mr. Tanner Thomason, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm doing super good. I'm excited to talk to you guys about creativity. I can't wait to hear these pitches. I'm going to give you a warning right now. I'm a tough pitch. You better have your pitches together. Uh, pitches be tripping. And so um, <laughs> we're going to pitching is hard. Pitching is a hard, hard thing. And that's what I'm here for is to hear these pitches, oh. steal your ideas and claim them as my own. Oh, perfect. That, that's literally all we're trying to do. We don't want to make it big. We just want to have a big lawsuit. That would that yeah. would make us so happy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, honest, no, but... That's the hallmark of success in Hollywood. <laughs> I think so. Uh, oh, First and foremost, thank you so much for being part of our show and just literally just listening to us uh, drool over you. And uh, that means a lot. Um, and, and like Dylan said earlier, uh, yeah, faith-based is the one that kind of you know made me aware of who Mr. Tanner Thomason was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you want to tell people listening, like, what you're most proud of or the things that you've done that you're like, ah, this is awesome. Oh my gosh. Um, wow. Uh, you know, it's so tricky. I've been, I've been very lucky to have a couple different and sort of different categorically, but different, like nice moments of success. 
um, faith-based, boom, I'm ripping the hat because I have no shame, um, is like probably is definitely most aligned with like where I would like to work the most. Like nothing, nothing is better than making up a story that resonates with you and your friends and putting your team together and sort of working on this labor of love, this sort of passion project and seeing it all the way through its end and then putting it out into the world. And then, and then honestly getting to talk to guys like you who saw the thing and it connected somewhere with them and other people on the internet and, and, and the few live screenings that we got to do, this was obviously right before COVID. And so it was just an an incredible experience and I'm like so happy that we got to do it. I've, I've had a couple talk shows. Uh, those are things that I also really enjoy. I love getting to have conversations about pop culture. I love getting to do interviews with, you know, big time, real, you know, real celebrities um, who, who do all those things that we want to do. And so I don't know, I feel, I feel very lucky to have done any of it. Yeah. Now, when you started in like the movie business, you were more of an actor, correct? Like you, you weren't, you didn't start off writing. I saw that your first writing credits were a little bit after you kind of were doing some stuff. Mm -hmm. um, now, was your your passion, was it writing and creating, or did you just kind of want to be in the mix? You know, it's interesting. I think originally, originally I was probably kind of wanting to be in the mix, and I kind of naively was like, I want to be an actor. And that was, I'm old, and I've been in L.A. a long time now. I've been in Los Angeles 16 years. And so a lot changed from 2005 to 2022, obviously. We're talking about really the onset of social media. And so before then, we're talking about like the 90s and moving backwards, you could come to Los Angeles and you could have one thing in mind that you wanted to do, and that could be your route. You're like, I'm going to be just a writer, or I'm going to be just a producer, or I'm going to be just an actor. And people had entire whole careers built on that one idea. I don't think that's true anymore. Anybody who's moving to Los Angeles or New York or any other city where there's more and more entertainment industry going on and you go, I'm going to be this one thing, you're you're giving yourself an incredibly difficult task to do. And so uh, along the route of like, oh, I'm going to audition. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to do all this. I'm going to like be on these shows and be on these movies. Eventually that doesn't start to play out and you go, oh my God, how am I going to, how am I going to continue to do this? No one else is like knocking on my door and dropping scripts off. Why isn't that happening? And so eventually you go, oh, I've got to create these things for myself. I have to create the opportunity for myself, kind of like what you guys are doing with this podcast. And so very similar, very similar idea. Yeah. And uh, so to hop back to faith-based, now that is something that it feels, um, you know, it, it's got like a really cool idea to it, but it also feels very polished. Now, how long have you worked on that? Like, how long did you have to work on that project before that came to like just a final product? It's funny, man. Like when you, so if we want to really isolate faith-based and just like carve out everything that came before and all the little steps and all the little short films and all the times Luke and I collaborated on things. If you, if we just want to ignore all of that, which that is honestly probably the most important parts of it. Faith-based started out as a really rough idea in 2000, in the fall of 20, was it the fall of 2018 when it began and then we were filming summer of 19. Yeah, that's correct. And then release fall of 20. That Okay. So 
it started out as a really rough idea, kind of joked around some beers and appetizers at a bar up the street. And we're like, wouldn't this be so funny? And and we could do this as a mockumentary. Originally, we were legitimately 100% guys who were like, we're going to make this for no money. We're going to film it as a mockumentary because that means we can have low production value, mm -hmm. but it's still sort of believable. And we'll film it on our phones if we have to. But it's time for us to make something that stars us and stars our friends. And that's where it started. That's where it truly began. And then it sort of organically leveled up every single at every single step. And so suddenly at the end of it, we're like, holy shit, this is a real movie. Um, I don't know if that answers the question exactly. I can I can get more into I can break it down more, whatever you guys want. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm sure I'll ask another question that'll wrap yeah. right back around it. Uh before I do talk uh nonstop, Dylan, do you have any questions you want to just try to squeeze in here? Well, I mean, I, kind of going back to that last answer, um, if it organically leveled up, was there anything that you found to be particularly important to focus on while you were kind of like expanding production? Because it sounds like you might have expanded production during like making it. Um, well, you know, it's funny. It's, so I have this shirt, Fix It in Pre. I, I mm -hmm. wore this for a very specific reason. You can see an mm -hmm. editor there screaming at the monitor because <laughs> someone didn't fix it in pre. And like, this is very much like a, you know, eh, we'll fix it in post kind of thing. But like fix it in pre really has, it's really everything. Like every, every sort of like problem or creative issue you might come across. It's extremely rare for something to, to come completely out of the blue. That's never happened before. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so, so many, so many issues and so many things along the way, uh, can be solved in your pre-process. And that includes the short films and the team that you build leading up to your big, like, oh, now we're going to make a movie, right? And so as far as this thing leveling up, like it literally started out as like conversations like, over some drinks and like jokes about what would be funny. We started out, probably most importantly, we had a unique premise. And it was the premise of a couple guys who don't know anything about church and don't know anything about movies. They kind of look at this as a get rich quick scheme and they're idiots. So they're like, oh, this makes perfect sense. We're going to make a faith based movie and we're going to make millions of dollars. And because these movies don't have to be good, that's kind of a unique premise. There aren't really a ton of movies about that. And, and it's also one of those things where it's like. If you're from depending on your background, depending on where you're raised, depending on if you're raised in the church or church adjacent or any number of those kinds of things, this connects to you specifically. And so we hadn't seen anyone do this before. We hadn't seen Seth Rogen do this idea. And so everyone we told the idea to was like, haha, that's funny. And we're like, mm -hmm. okay, we've got something. No one's done it. Let's really ex focus on it and explore it. And and it started out as an outline and we like talked through scenes on scenes on scenes. And then like, we got the story fleshed out, Luke banged out the script. Everyone, we sort of talked to the idea about, talked to what we wanted to do. They thought it was hilarious. Um, we were able to raise a little money. Like we we each, Luke, Vince, and myself, um, each ponied up the first like chunk of change to say, this is serious. We are invested in this thing. We're not just trying to talk people out of their money. We're invested in it. We've got skin in this game, sort of in fundraising. And that you know, legitimized us when we took this to people that we'd worked with in the past and like friends and friends where we're like, hey, we're trying to raise a little money to do this. We've got skin in this game. Here's what we're trying to do. And that sort of legitimized us a little bit and helped us continue to raise a little bit of money. Um, 
at a certain point you're looking at it and you go, okay, well, we've certainly got enough money because we're not paying ourselves anything. We're getting a hell of a deal because we're calling in every single favor that we've built up for mm -hmm. the last 15 years. Um, so since we're saving money in all of those places, where is it okay to spend a little money? And not that we spent lots of money, but we just weren't afraid to reach out to agencies and say, hey, we've got this really unique role and this really unique script. Everyone we've talked to, it's funny, the the pitch of it is like very interesting and unique. And then you don't, you feel co completely confident to hand that off to somebody. You know, it's, it's um, Lance Reddick is in the film, for instance, right? And so Lance is a brilliant actor uh, and an incredibly kind human being. Um, but you know what, Lance probably gets pitched cop roles mm -hmm. a thousand times a year. You know, like he is sort of famous for playing sort of authoritative figures like that. And so here we come around and we pitch him the idea of like, okay, okay, okay. But what if you're a pastor, that's already different, and you adopted a, 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 white, a little white kid who turns out to be a loser? That's so unique. He's never, no one's ever pitched him that before. Yeah. And so he goes, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'll read that. Um, and then same thing for like when you get around to like a Jason Alexander. It's like he's pitched versions of George Costanza left and right. Yeah. You know, he's probably heard every single one of them in the books. He can see it coming from a mile away. But you pitch him the idea of like him playing a shady, uh, the head, shady head of a multi-level marketing scam mm -hmm. who like has these like faux infomercials where he's this incredibly confident guy. And then you have, I don't, I'm not going to spoil my own film, but then you have a, a reveal at the end that says he's not the person who you thought he was after all. Like that's a unique and interesting pitch. And so that's something else that you can fix in pre is like, if you're going to go for these kind of people, you don't like, you don't pitch them something they've heard before. You know, like the, the, at a certain point, some celebrities just want to do something fun and, and something interesting. And, and you know, there you there are a lot more people that you can get with an interesting idea than you can get with a boring idea and thousands of dollars. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I've literally never heard that before. That's, that, that, that's a cool that's a cool take. Um, now, speaking of faith based, you know, like that's something that you obviously you worked on with your, your partner, Luke. Um, and in the movie, you know. It's interesting. Like, did you know that you guys were, when you were pitching this thing, were you going to be the two people in the movie? Yeah. Was that that okay. okay? And then I guess at some point you had to decide. All right, one of us is like, uh, you know, the, the good looking, funny one, and then uh, the other one is kind of like, and the other one is Luke, right? That's the... yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, did you know that, he's not here to know... defend himself? So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you know that, like, going into it, did you know that Luke was going to be the one that was going to be kind of pooped on the whole time, or was that was that kind of like uh, one of us has to be this role? So there were a couple, there's like a couple things going on. Um, Luke is my best friend. We talk about everything every day. It's kind of gross. Um, and so we're, we're, and we have been collaborating for years. And so we know how kind of like our comedic dynamics work. Um, and in the writing of Faith Based, we literally just used our own names. Like from the very beginning in the script, the characters' names are Luke and Tanner. And mm -hmm. what's like, whether that was a smart thing to do or not, to like actually make our names, the names of the characters in the movie, it's like whatever, but it's hilarious. So we went with that. Um, and part of it, part, it, not, not that 
I don't know. I don't know how much this played into it or not. During filming, this is an interesting one. During filming, I was still working at CBS at the time, working for a like streaming talk show brand. Like, like I was hosting and doing celebrity interviews uh, during 2019. And so I knew that I wasn't going to be able to get three weeks off of work. Like there's just no way that I was going to be able to do that. What I did have was uh, a lot of sick days built up. And so because we were calling in favors everywhere, we weren't, we well, like everyone got paid. We, we didn't get to pay the crew as much as we might've liked, but in return for that, what we offered was um, easy filming days and short weekend shoots, right? And so the funnest thing, everybody, everybody, I'm sure you guys have like gone out and shot skits on the weekends with your friends. And so you'll dedicate a whole day and you'll shoot a skit or maybe it's a couple days, right? And we used to love doing that. We did so much of it for years and it would be something we'd bang out in the weekend. All right. Well, I'm working full time. Um, we don't have enough money to tell other people they can't take other jobs while we're filming this. Right. We're not going to go three weeks straight. So we decided to shoot weekends. And so we would shoot Friday to Sunday. And what I would do is is I knew I had enough sick days and I kind of. Uh, well, I haven't named the company. Okay, cool. I haven't named the company I was working for. Didn't have a good, did, wasn't it really enjoying it. So I didn't mind taking my Friday sick days <laughs> to go work on, on the film. And so I would, I would have a sick day on Friday. So I'd shoot all day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. And sometimes they would shoot like a Monday or they'd begin on a Thursday, but we'd shoot on the weekends. And so we allowed like all of our crew to continue taking their normal gigs or their normal jobs during the week. So it's like, that's the thing that's really paying their bread and butter. We still paid them. We, everybody, everybody got paid. And, and we created a very fun sort of environment. And so we shot it on weekends around there. And so getting back into like the roles and the way it's laid out, like I didn't have full availability at that point in time. And so we shot all of my stuff. I mean, the entire film was shot on weekends, but everything that I ever did would be in like one or two days on the weekend, whereas like Luke is in almost every single scene of the film. Um, and so basically he needed full availability. And so that played into some of it, but really it's like his character's arc is sort of the A arc, if you will, of, of the film. And so, yeah, I mean, it was just like, I don't know. That's how we designed it. Yeah. That's no, cool. Uh, there is one part of the movie that that I was curious if there was any kind of backstory to. Um, you guys in, in the movie spend some time like doing these puzzles that are different versions of you and friendships. Uh, mm -hmm. Was that written specifically for the movie, or because it seemed like that there's a little more personality to that than maybe just an off joke? Uh, where'd that come from? It started out as like it, it was. We're literally sitting at this table. Um, and we were like coming up with like stupid jokes and things that we thought would be like epic and like things that we just thought would be ridiculous for these two characters to do. And then somehow we got into this idea that like whenever they were like brainstorming at home, they were working on puzzles. And I don't know how we got to that, but that was the thing that we got to. And then along the way, someone inevitably, you have to ask the question, well, what is, what's the puzzle they're working on? And the idea was that these two were a duo. They always did everything together. So what if they were doing puzzles of famous duos? And then we were laughing about that. And then it evolved again. It's like, what if it's them as these famous duos? Yeah. And so, and so that's where it, that's, that's like where, where it went. Um, uh, if you give me, give me, if you give me a second, I'll run and grab something. I'll be right back. I'll be oh, right of course. Back. Sure. Yeah. Funny to have that <laughs> when our opening sequence is exactly that.
What? No, we've got our faces on famous on movie. Oh, I know. I know. I, I'm really hoping that he grabs the Sesame Street uh, puzzle because <laughs> that, that is so cute. Because I've always thought about like, you know, me and you doing that. Like, I was like, yeah. oh, if, if Dylan and I were these classic duos, who would we be? Uh, we don't have too much. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's really good. That's beautiful. I'm going to hold on. You're muted. Oh, you're, you're on mute, Tanner. Oh, no. I can't. We can't hear you. Oh no! <laughs> Can you unmute him? <laughs> no, <laughs> can't unmute a guest. <clears throat> we can't hear you. You got me now. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, You're muted since you returned. Me Give me just a second. Sorry, yeah. guys. I know that's a pain in the butt. No, it's okay. No, that's... <laughs> uh, uh, hello? Hello. 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 Oh, he might have us muted, too. Well, I think... Hello? Took his... Can you talk to me for a second? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I don't know why it's not... Hmm. It's okay. You what about now? Go... How about now? Oh, yeah. Can you Testing. hear us? Can you hear us? I got you us? now. Yeah. Okay. okay great. Yeah. What? Yeah. A, what? That, so that was a gorgeous. How far back do you want me to go? Uh, if you could just describe what that picture was, that'd be great. Yeah, we missed the entire explanation. Okay, missed the explanation. Um, sorry. I know you didn't. You don't want to like edit it and whatnot. So I. Oh, that, it's, no, it's fine. It's fine. Threw a little wrench into it. So this here. <laughs> here we go. Prop time. <laughs> this is why it's always good to find a good production designer because they will take your lame, dumb ideas and turn them into something so magical and creative wow. such as this. Um, and so the whole idea for the puzzles thing was that these two guys are joined at the hip. It's kind of a gross <laughs> joke based in reality. My friends, everybody roasts us for this. Anyhow, so uh, <laughs> the ideas that they would, were brainstorming as they were working on puzzles. And then someone was like, well, what are they working on puzzles on? And they were like, what if every puzzle is like a famous duo? And we thought that was hilarious. Like they were doing a puzzle of Bert and Ernie. <laughs> but then someone was, but then someone was like, oh, well, what if they are the, like a cover song? What if they are the famous duos in each one of them? So if you pay very close attention, you can see us as, uh, as, as Mr. White and Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. Here's like the reveal in the movie that the, the, the game they were putting together is literally the two of us as Jon Snow and Felici, <laughs> which yeah. is like such a very far way to go for a very stupid joke. But uh, but that's that's what no, I like. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love that. I think that's so cool. And the way I kind of took that in the film was that when you saw all those uh, the, the puzzles completed, it was almost like that was all of, like the minor riffs that you two as characters had. And that's how many yeah. times you guys came back together and, and achieved your goals, which I thought was just so clever. And really like, it was, it was almost a throwaway joke that, that I, I loved. I thought that was so, so nice. You know, uh, Zach, you, uh, you, you understood that exactly. That's it is, it does represent all of the riffs we have as characters and coming together piece by piece. Yeah. I, I thought, <laughs> 
thought it was so cool because that, that's the way that I, you know, Dylan and I, 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 he doesn't say this, but I say that we're best friends and mm-hmm. I text him every single day and I run every idea past him. And I always think of us as like, you know, Beavis and Butthead or, or Burt yes. Ernie. And then I, I saw that movie. I'm like, Which oh Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's yeah. Yeah. Thelma <laughs> Louise. That's us. Uh, <laughs> so when I saw a movie, I was like, oh my God, these are two guys that are really doing it. And I, yeah. and I, you know, and I felt the same way when I watched like um, Dirty Work. Uh, it was like these are just two people that are just trying so hard to achieve a goal, and all they really do is love each other, and that's it. And I think that's so cool. Um, now, now to to sort of away from uh, faith based for a second. Now you have a lot of credits on IMDb. You know, cinematography, casting director, oh, uh, everything, and it seems like a lot of that branched off right after your appearance on uh, Rosolian Isles. Ah. Uh, now, was there any correlation? <laughs> To that show, uh, and then you being like, okay, now I want to direct. Because that was like 2011 when you were on that show. Mm-hmm. And then it was like right around 2011 when you started editing and uh, and directing and writing your own stuff. <laughs> that, that was kind of a joke anyway. But what was it around that time that made you just kind of explode and do so much more stuff? Um, you know, I that's probably... So I moved to town in 2005. I started working as a PA for MTV. I worked on a little reality dating show called Next, wherever they were like, Next. And so I worked on Next way back in the day. And I was working in casting and I was getting familiar with like operating a camera just because you had to be able to operate a camera to do casting and all this stuff. And so I started doing casting in like 2007. Then you had to be able to edit a little to edit casting tapes together. So that was like seven, eight, nine. I was still auditioning for just like whatever I could get as an actor. Booked Rizzoli and Isles. That sort of gave me a little taste of like, oh, okay, this is what a real TV show is like. This is what a real set is like. This is like what it can be like. And so then I'd been here a few years. I had that experience and I felt like my skills were growing a little bit. And I just leaned in. I just really tried to lean in into making as much as I could, as I could make creatively. I don't even mean like, you know, like Mm -hmm. making money. It's just like, oh, can I make this short film with these friends? These guys are trying to make this thing. How can I help you? Do you want me to, I'll operate the camera. I'll help you cast it or I'll help you write it or I'll direct this thing for you or whatever it might be. Uh, Oftentimes, to be honest, like taking on jobs that I didn't fully understand, but the group of people that I was working with at the time, we we're all trying to level up and, and none of us had it figured out. And so it's sort of a little trial and error and repetition and just keeping on doing it. And so that's kind of what I fell into from like, yeah, 2010 to, I don't know, since then really, I guess. Yeah. I, I love that. And, 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 you know, that's the thing that I always like to do as well. It's like, you know, hey, just keep touching as much different jobs as possible because, you know, and, and, and I grew up kind of in the restaurant industry while mm-hmm. uh, watching movies. And it's like, hey, you can't be a good manager of anything unless you know how to wash dishes, unless you know how to, yeah. you know, bust the tables. And it's cool that you're really learning everything about the industry to make sure that all of your products have uh, at least some experience to it. Um, now we're going to switch back to uh, faith-based, if that's okay, before we we get to our pitches. Um, mm-hmm. Now, watching the movie, uh, you could tell that it, it was a passion project uh, to start because it is two friends uh, doing something cool, and then you start seeing the casting, and you're like, "Wow, this is some pretty big deals." You know, like Champ from uh, Anchorman, uh, David Koechner, uh, right? Yeah. It's such a it's such a weird, cool uh, cameo, and you're like, "Oh, that's an interesting character." And like you said, Jason Alexander. Now. When the casting was coming in, 
you had to be so impressed with the people that you could get to make this thing become whole. Um, will you mind talking a bit about what was it like working with such like a big name cast, like just doing little projects with bigger people? Sure. Yeah, it's interesting. If you want to watch something and get a look at faith-based years before faith-based, uh, Luke and I did a little short film a few years ago, geez, 2000. 12 2013 something like that we did a little short film called uh the newest testament mm. and the newest testament is about the early return of christ who's here to clear up some misconceptions and uh we co-wrote it i directed it uh luke starred in it and we have a lot of the same cast members not the same not the famous people but uh carly craig who plays brandy in the film um, uh, Richard Reilly, who's like one of our bar regulars, Marlon, who's a bar regular, like it's basically all of the same friends from the newest Testament are in, are in faith-based. And so in terms of like working with celebrities who are sort of much more recognizable and much more established, you know, it's, you want to be smart about it. Um, it's, you don't necessarily it, when you're making something when you guys are like uh, uh, forgive me i don't know if, if if you've made a feature yet but when you do um it's like you don't necessarily want to go to the most famous person you want first right um because they're taking a risk by saying yes to your mm -hmm. project and so you kind of have to be strategic about it and figure out like oh here are the roles where we feel like we need some kind of face or name how do we move this around in chess pieces so that we can position ourselves to get our like big, big goal? And our big, big goal was like the biggest sort of name possible for this Nikki Steele character in Faith Based. And so as we sent out the script and we're like, you know, hoping that this person will look at this role or this person will look at this role, who's going to be the person you get first is probably the biggest thing because once you have that first person other established people are more likely to take a chance on you and so that's why we love lance so much is like we'd all been in a couple things and we'd made a couple things um but it's not like you know we were household names or had 10 movies out or anything and so when we were trying to cast this father mike thing um uh, pastor mike um we had several people in mind and but the idea of it being you know a black family who had adopted this young white kid um was just like so funny to us and we were just like lance reddick would crush this he'd kill this and and so he was the first person to come on board and say yeah i'll do it and the roles are constructed <laughs> in such a way that they don't take a lot of his time that's like again fix it in pre is if you're going to try to get a celebrity to be in your film who's a couple steps above you wherever you are um you don't want to offer them you don't want to try to lock them into something and be like you're we're going to need you every single day for three weeks why would they say yes to that you know it's like they're working on too many other things if it's not a good experience then they are trying to get out of it but if you're like i need you for like two or three days here and two or three days over there that's a lot easier ask and so it's sort of like connecting the pieces where it's like okay i got this celebrity and i need them for six days total mm -hmm. three days at the beginning three days in the end well then you get to go to your other roles and be like hey i've already got uh, zach and dylan 
Um, hey, hey uh, John Doe, I've got Zach and Dylan. You've seen those guys and things. You know they're incredible. Would you take a look at this? And they're like, oh, yeah, well, I've heard of those people, and they're clearly putting together like a high-level uh, product. Yeah, let me take a look at it. And so you're able to hedge your way into bigger names. And so by the time that we'd gotten Jason Alexander was relatively late in the process. And so, but we had Margaret Cho, we had Lance Reddick. I think we had David Techner already. And so those are three names that like are face recognizable, name recognizable, and they lend us a lot of credibility by having them. And so when you go to a Jason or someone who is more established, you have that with you as you bring the project to them. And so that's kind of like the behind the scenes of how that laid out. Um, as far as working with these people, it, it, it's a dream. It's a dream, dream scenario to 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 get to work with these people. I mean, we got so lucky with Faith Faced. I mean, truly icons, like truly people who like Whammy. You know, it's like David Kegner. Fuck. I mean, I love David <laughs> Kegner. I love Lance Reddick. Margaret Cho is a living legend. <clears throat> um, and so you learn something different from each of these people. Um, and it was just outstanding to see how they worked. I cannot say enough amazing things about Jason Alexander, who like, you know, potentially one of the best roles, like easily in the conversation for one of the best roles in one of the best sitcoms of all time. He's in that conversation. Um, he sh and, and, you, and you think somebody on that level, if they're going to come down here and like sort of play with us, what are we going to get? Are we going to get somebody who like, understands they're so much bigger or brings a certain ego. It's like, you don't know who they are behind the scenes. And we got so incredibly lucky that every single person who showed up was so incredibly nice, incredibly generous with their creativity and their time. And, and, and Jason, like you could not dream of a more giving uh, person to show up, someone who literally shows up completely off book he had memorized his entire scenes which is just mind-blowing to think of somebody who like worked for larry david and worked with jerry mm -hmm. seinfeld for a decade or however long and and put that same level of work ethic into our dumb script you know and so it, it, it was just sort of mind-blowing tell you the truth. yeah yeah and that's so so cool and i mean obviously we haven't made a movie uh uh we've made a couple of short films um but we you know we haven't done anything with with people so uh the best way that i can kind of uh put it into my world it's when, when i watch something and i and i see something that means a lot to me and i reach out to that person I'm like hey look i would just like to talk to you mm -hmm. please just talk to me and they respond with an email and i mean it in the scope that i can put it in that has to be uh kind of the same thing as working with a, a legend like george costanzo right. or, or a yeah. champ you know and and, and for that reason i want to say thank you very much mm -hmm. just for responding to the email because you know like we keep trying to churn out content and we like what we're doing um but it's when we actually get a response from somebody and they do take the time just to be like look i know that your podcast isn't that big of a deal um but just time uh means so much to me and dylan and i and i, I but before the show ends i would just like to say thank you very much mm -hmm. uh, oh, no, because, thank you. because yeah it, uh i don't think people fully understand how much just their attention can mean uh mm -hmm. especially during like covid and stuff you know pe mm -hmm. people just eh, just paying attention to somebody and just mm -hmm. listening and responding just means so much to some people so um you made a project that that I love. I, I thoroughly enjoy Faith Based. Uh, I, I have purchased it. Uh, I do thoroughly oh, thank enjoy you. it. Yeah, I, I think that it's something because, you know, you, like I said, I watch a lot of movies, but every once in a while you come across something where you're like, wow, they're actually, they're, they have passion. You know, you watch George Costanza or you watch Jason Alexander, you're like, 
this is a weird role, but he's giving it his all. And like, there's passion to what he's doing in a tiny project. And, you know, Lance Reddick, who uh, I play video games. So I, I'm, I'm playing that, that horizon. Destiny and, or, yeah. yeah, the yeah. Horizon, And he's in a lot of scenes. I'm like, God, this guy is like in my life. But then you watch him as like this soft, caring, you know, passing role who's still just giving it his all. And it's so mm-hmm. cool that you, you guys made something that people love so much that even though they're, uh, you know, huge names, um, they made this project feel important to them. And uh, yeah. that, that, that's super cool to us. And that's why we reached out to, to you and to your writing partner, Luke. Hmm. Uh, but wow, thank you very dude. much for... <laughs> yeah, man. So we're, you know, so we're going to get on with, with what Freaking we're doing. Guy. This. <laughs> He's fine. His people are very nice to us. I'll say that. You know, he's so busy. <laughs> he's so busy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you responded. His people are very nice to us. Um, <laughs> okay, so we're going to get on what we do in the show. Uh, Tanner, I, I really sincerely appreciate uh, your, your your point of view, mm-hmm. uh, uh, your attitude, even your voice. You've got a great voice, and you're, oh, and you're a beautiful human, so that's great. Uh, that also helps. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to pitch to you two original ideas, uh, 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 and we'll see which one you like. Ask any questions you like. uh, Really give Dylan the business. Uh, He's really really lackluster when it comes to these things. I'm bad Uh, at it. I love love pitching. Um, I've got two different pitches out in the world right now that I'm super excited about. And so I have never been pitched to, oh. so I am extraordinarily excited about yeah. receiving these pitches. Um, I'm looking for um, some pitch decks. I don't have any pitch decks here. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe those documents got lost in the email. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. Sorry, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, we sent him to Luke and he hasn't responded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we thought you guys talked every day. Uh, now, the last time we pitched something to him, uh, to, to uh, the, the last guest, uh, they were like, that's a stupid pitch, and that hurt. Oh, it was feelings. great! Yeah, well, oh, yeah, we had we had to hear that, and he told us off about it. He goes, "I'm going to tell you no because people need to hear no." We're like, "What? We okay. haven't pitched yet," and he said no, okay. uh, and it hurt our feelings. But all right, so Dylan, why don't you go ahead? Uh, since I won the last one, did I go first last time? Do you want me to go? All first? right, fine. I'll and go I, first. I, I want to preface this. I want to preface this by saying um, I have. I don't know how many things I've pitched. Most of my pitches are like unscripted stuff because I, I just happen mm-hmm. to have had more hosting work than acting work. And so I get those opportunities more, but even for narrative and scripted, you know, scripted pitching, which like we're doing more of now because of faith-based, um, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be a walk in the park on you. Like I okay. expect these ideas cause I want you guys to level up and do the next thing. And so if, uh, if I didn't, if I didn't give you my legitimate attention, then I would be doing you a disservice. I appreciate that. And honestly, if you don't, if you don't crack the whip on Dylan, oh, no. you'd be doing me a disservice. <laughs> I, I'm a writer. I'm used to being rejected by everybody I've ever sent an idea to. Yeah, true, true. That's why I send my ideas to Dylan. Yeah, there you go. Circle of life. Circle of life. Uh, all right. So, um, I don't know where this idea came from. Usually, Zach texts me something and I spin it out. But this might have come from Zach. But we, you know. Um, so, over the a 24-hour span of time, when everybody on Earth goes to sleep, they experience the same dream. It's a point of view of someone looking outside their window and the skylight's on fire and the world ends. And then they wake up and they all have the logical assumption we have eight months left. Uh, five months later, we follow a few characters. We follow a librarian who's helping people apply for jobs because they don't believe the world's actually going to end. We follow a guy in Montana who's dealing with like a, a militia of like salvation people. 
And we follow an internet sleuth who joins a network of people trying to figure out the source of the dream and whether it's true or not. And they have three months until the dream comes to pass. Dylan, you really spent some time on this. That's, I did spend some time unfair. on that, kind of. Well, I've also pitched this on the past several episodes, so. It's getting good. Yeah. What's the name? Do you have a name for the project? I don't have a name for the project yet. Oh, I know. We, we, we were calling it Living the Dream at first. Living, living the Dream. Okay, okay. Is that is that the end of your pitch? Yes. Say yes, because mine's <laughs> way shorter. <laughs> okay. All right. So what you have is a very interesting premise, but I don't think Shit. you have a pitch. Shit. Cool. We're no hearing purpose. a lot no. recently. Yeah, I think you have I think you have oh, he's right. Yeah, I think you have an incredibly interesting premise, but to me that's not a pitch yet. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll tell you why. Um uh what you haven't done is explained a scenario about why someone would care, like the personal connection. You have the premise is very interesting. The idea that everyone in one day's time, everyone in the world had the exact same dream is incredibly interesting and incredibly compelling. Um, uh, you put a time, uh, you put like a date on it. Like this is eight months from now. That's interesting. That establishes stakes. Um, and then you said we follow a, a who a librarian, a librarian, and then two mm -hmm. others. Yeah. What were the uh, two others? Uh, a handyman in Montana. Okay. And an internet kid who joins like yeah. an online sleuthing ring about the dream. Like okay. Uh, are are these three people connected in any form or fashion? Not in the beginning. Not no, not necessarily. <laughs> so what I would do is I would challenge you to go back and figure out what is the personal individual human reason why why someone should care and and because the world is going to end is like a good reason but that works for like fast and furious and james mm -hmm. bond mm -hmm. which this doesn't seem like um this seems like a uh, what was the movie starring kirsten dunst a couple of years ago and it's about a, a, another planet like melancholia melancholia where it's just like <laughs> it's experienced on the individual level right mm -hmm. it kind of feels this yeah. sort of feels like an indie sci-fi to me and so for it to work in that capacity you need that like hyper personal connection. Like if the world is going to end in eight months, my pitch to you would be this is the librarian. My pitch to you would be that everyone has this dream. We, we it's set for eight months from now and the librarian and her husband, who is the handyman find out that they're pregnant and they're due in nine months. Ooh. All right. So so Great. then we have, got a writing credit. So then we have a different <laughs> set of by. stakes, right? We have a different set of stakes. Then you can also drive conflict between mm. if you have a couple, um, once you connect these two people, someone believes it's true, the other one doesn't believe it's true. So now we have conflict between the two of them. That's cool. You know, and so it's like that would be my thing is like it's a very interesting premise, but what is the human component? Yeah. See, I was thinking the interesting part of that would be since it's all kind of since all the dreams are from one person's point of view, finding out why that person is important seemed to be almost a human element to me. But I guess if you don't know who that is, you can't put that in there. So yeah, uh, what you're saying makes sense. And uh, terrible pitch, Dylan. Good job. Yeah. No, I don't. It's not a. It's not a terrible. Well, no, it's not a terrible pitch. You said it's not a pitch. So not a pitch. Yeah. Amazing yeah. premise. Amazing. Yeah, we should change really the show. 
Dude, that's my favorite thing to do is to hit my friends with things that things like that where I'm like, yo, dude, what about uh what that's is how this? Zach and, that's how and, Zach and, and I got started. Yeah. That's literally yeah. How, yeah, our very first thing was uh Dylan and I used to work in a supermarket together. And one day I walked to him, and this is years ago, and I walked up to him, I was like, Hey man, like sex robots are gonna be kind of a big deal soon, right? Yeah, and he's like, coming. probably. And I'm like, so the IT department has to be really fielding some pretty nasty stuff. So that oh, we yeah. actually, we wrote uh, an audio uh, sci-fi thing of uh, these found footage of all of the, the IT calls from these dudes calling this company being like, this sex robot doesn't work right. Ah, I need hilarious. To. And it's all these women answering the phone calls. So it was like yeah. a play on toxic masculinity. So that's kind of, everything is how, that's how we started. All right. So here's my. I think I just want to say real quick, I think a pitch needs a personal oh shit moment, right? Like the premise is very cool, but the oh shit moment is the thing that like makes you that makes you like dig in and care. Love you know, it. like, oh shit, she's pregnant and she's doing nine months. Yeah. That's suddenly hyper personal, uh raising the stakes to the nth degree, or whatever that might be for that idea. Right. It's like 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 for faith based, it's like, oh, two slackers living in the valley. Okay, that's not very interesting. Like, okay, they're going to scam a church out of money. Okay, that's kind of interesting. And then it's like, oh, no, wait, Um, if they don't pay the church back the money, the church is basically, you know, going to go broke or whatever. Like, Mm. oh, damn, they have to accomplish this. You know, so it's like, what is that in in the dream coming of eight months? Like if 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 the person like sorry sorry this is where i go it's like okay they have this dream and like whatever do they, does do they barely see the person in the mirror and so around the entire world they're like looking for they're like Fuck, they look like yeah. this yeah and so there's a search for this person mm-hmm. you know and then do, do they accidentally find her and he she they don't know you know there's so much it's a very interesting idea but you need that like oh shit human cool. component and connection yeah, because I was thinking like if it's if it's like a like a first person dream, and as this person like walks around their apartment, you'll pick up little clues, and it's like mm-hmm. okay, there's a calendar, mm-hmm. so and everything's in English, so they're you know, and I was like, oh, that's a cool yeah. maybe reverse yeah. national treasure thing. It's um, it's like uh, don't fuck with cats, but for some sort of metaphysical. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Good job, Dylan. Um, I hope you win next week. Uh, okay, I like so- it. I like it. It's a great premise. <laughs> no, it's a great premise. He yeah, he always has great premises. All right, but here's my pitch. Uh, which I think I might need a premise around, but here's my pitch. Uh, okay. Not too far in the future. Um, now, science has evolved where they're on the cusp of treating almost every disease, right? Uh, pills can treat cancer. Pills can treat a lot of things. The newest drug treats Alzheimer's. So there's this one old man who's in a uh, 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 testing subject. He's very old, very frail. He's got his whole family around him, three full generations. Super old, sweet man. Takes this Alzheimer pill, immediately realizes that he was the Zodiac killer. All these memories come flooding back. He was this crazy, deranged serial killer before he kind of forgot what he was doing before his family. So now this old man with all of these nasty memories has to decide what to do with these thoughts before he dies. So that's what are the, what are the stakes? Well, he is about to pass and it turns out his wife was maybe an old hostage of someone that he (laughs) murdered a while ago before this thing kicked in. I wasn't prepared to answer any questions. On yeah. this. You, usually, usually, <laughs> I, I just, usually I just win and then we get to the questions later. I mean, 
I'll let Tanner talk first. No, go. Well, no, I just I haven't. I like tell it from the point of view of his like, nursing aide or something who administers the medicine, and she realizes, oh, I'm taking care of a horrific oh, monster. Okay. There and you go. There you go. The danger is if not only if the memories resurface, but if that old personality resurfaces, is she yeah. in danger? There we go. But that is medicine. Compelling. I love that. That's what I was about to say. Dylan, you cut me off too much, and eventually it's going to cause us a rift. No, but here, think about this. Look at this. Look at this. Zach had the premise. Dylan came in with the human component, human connection. That's how it happens. Like the idea of a nurse discovering that her elderly patient was, in fact, I I, I would be hesitant to. Not not the Zodiac, but like along those lines. An analog. Yeah, 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 and all, yeah. I, I think that's incredibly interesting. I, are you familiar with just conceptually? I'm in LA. Santa Monica is, I don't know, depending on traffic, 45 minutes that way. Um, the arrest of Whitey Bulger, right? Yeah. Right. So here's a guy who was a, an incredibly dangerous mafia hitman and boss for years and years and years. And just a few years ago, and Johnny Depp played him in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. Something mighty boy. Anyhow, Black so Shine. just Black, yeah, 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 yeah. So just a few years ago, he was arrested in Santa Monica. Like he was an elderly man living in an mm-hmm. apartment in Santa Monica, just like hiding. And eventually, like the CIA or whoever it is, eventually found him and arrested him. And so the idea that there is something incredibly terrifying under your nose, always good. Always yeah. a great premise. Putting it on the nurse is like another layer of like interesting and brilliant. Like if this guy's been in a coma, like Alzheimer's is interesting to make it to make it Alzheimer's. But sort of like there's there's that. And then there's also the idea of like, I don't know, however you would do it. Like does he take a bill and suddenly he has clarity? Or is it that he's come out of a coma and they didn't know who he was and now they're able to figure out who he is? Like there are there are lots of interesting things there. Yeah, uh, and I, lots I, of interesting ways to tell that story. Yeah, I liked him being cognizant. I liked him being a sweet old man that like his grandkids, uh-huh. his great grandkids love him. But then now he just starts slowly getting these memories of, oh my god, I've done some terrible things. But yeah, yeah I yeah, guess yeah. I guess maybe having him confide to a nurse makes a lot of sense. That's cool. Well, that's the thing is like that's why I ask what are the stakes because if we're what are the stakes and what are the timeline right? Like, like why the one of the fix it in pre one of the best questions that you can always ask yourself is why now and why must this happen now? Mm. And if you can't answer why now, then then you're missing something. Um, And so that would be my challenge to like, man, if we boil down, if we boil down, boil it down, man wrestles with uh, man wrestles with his past. Okay. Um, but why now? Why, like, what is, what is the extra component? Right. Mm. Cause like we can get lost in, he has Alzheimer's and blah, 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 blah. Well, that's not really the story. Right. The story is that here is someone who occupies some beloved space. And then we find out they're secretly a terrible person and the sins of the past are about to be revisited unless nurse makes a daring decision mm. right like that's yeah. sort of like the why now component cool um you know like telling it from the point of view of the nurse is like interesting whereas is it like you know uh now are would they it... trying to find him and she's the only one who knows where he is you know well, like i, I kind of like the idea of maybe him not having a lot of time left on the planet 
And mm -hmm. with all the information, now if the nurse were to tell people this after he dies, it would just seem like just a lie. You know, it's like, yeah. why are you blaming it on this old man? So maybe the timing could be that uh, either that he's going to pass soon or that he is struggling with being a good person with these bad memories. Like if he has to maybe come back and say, I, I actually did this. I have to own up to well, this. My challenge then would be like, okay, it's not that he's dealing with an existential crisis. It is that, and, and, and you might not like this, but this would be my push into like a why now, like if this guy's, if this guy's dying or he's on the precipice of dying and he knows it. Um, and he also knows where the body is buried. I don't know. Yeah. And so does he request the nurse's help to track down a young woman who lives two States over because he feels such an incredible amount of guilt. He killed her mother. This is so dark. He killed her mother and they've been looking for her mother ever since. And he knows where the body is buried. And now he feels like he needs to get this off of his chest. Like mm. that is like a weird sort of like, fuck, what do you do? Because if the nurse turns him in, he's just going to get arrested and rot in jail. And this young woman, maybe mm -hmm. she will or will not ever get the closure of finding out where her mother is, 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 you know, so it's like, what is the why now hmm. component? Or maybe this guy before he passes unloads all this information and the nurse goes to the police about it. Mm -hmm. And the police are like, Oh, you were the killer the whole time. Huh. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. You killed your own mom. No, it's not. I like what you said better. Uh <laughs> well, it's just like it's just like we have to we have to push these things. We have to like push these ideas into the like, why would someone wh what is the action for which mm -hmm. we can force someone to care? Yeah. No, that's a that's a very good point. Um, so when you have like an idea for a premise, do you run it past like Luke or do you like really just start working on it until Luke wouldn't be able to ask you any questions about it? Oh no, you definitely want questions to be asked. Okay. Um, I, I'll daydream. I'm what I'm good at is I'm good at premises. And then I honestly have too many of them. And mm -hmm. some of them are only half baked. And then I do the thing to myself that I just did to you guys, which is like the why now? Why would someone care? Like what makes this unique? Because it's easy and fun to come up with like, what if we get a disease and it's a, it's a, it's a disease that slowly turns all of our bodies into like robot parts. And then how do we fight that disease? Like that's an, okay, I just made that off the top of my head, but it's like, okay, that's, that's like kind of interesting and kind of unique, and, but why do we care? Yeah. Like, what is the human personal component and connection there, right? And so, like, I, like I came up. What was what was the premise I came up with not too long ago? Uh, what was it? What was it? What was it? Wait, uh, Dylan, did you write? Did you write down a robot disease idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robot, robot disease. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's like you can have you can have the premise, but it, but it has to rely on some sort of like human personal connection. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with like the seven basic plots, like the idea that mm -hmm. all of human storytelling can be broken down into seven plots. Or then there's like, what is it? Brad, is it Brad Snyder, Brad something Snyder wrote, wrote uh, Save the Cat, Save the Cat, which is a brilliant, brilliant book on screenwriting. Some people look down their nose at it, but I also think it's, it's <laughs> incredibly accurate. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, I don't know. Sort of went off on a tangent there. It's like you can have the you can have the biggest idea, but you have to have like the human connection and component. Okay, 
So, okay, so say that you have these two premises and you're like, all right, I just want to spend a little bit of time, work on these two premises. Of the two that you heard today, not mm-hmm. pitches, premises that were lobbed at you, not pitched, mm-hmm. underhand softball lobbed at you, which mm-hmm. one would you try to take a swing at to be like, all right, I got to work on this thing because this seems like maybe worth my time? It's interesting. So I have to back into it from like a couple different angles. One of them is like, I'm going to put on my executive producer hat. Mm-hmm. Let's, just, let's just do that. If I'm putting on my executive producer hat, uh, man, mm, um, I know that sci-fi is popular around the entire world. Alzheimer's and the ideas of someone having a hidden past is also internationally friendly. Um, Hmm, what would it be? What would it be? I would probably lean on the idea of everyone in the world having had the same dream. And then what I would do is I would probably view it from a couple different character perspectives and try to figure out if I could make them come together. Yeah. And uh, like just me totally taking the reins of something mm-hmm. that I wasn't asked to take the reins of, yeah. like to me, like the idea of a woman who's supposed to give birth a month after this date is compelling. Yeah. Um, to me, the idea that there is, I also start to think of like, what would happen? Well, there'd be millions of interviews on TV and Fox and NBC and all the stations would be like, everyone had this dream, bring in dream expert so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone, you know, of the hundred employees at our station, we talked to this, uh, composite sketch person, and this is what they think that the composite idea could be of. And it's a drawing of like a young boy or a young girl or an adult boy or, or whatever, whatever. And then I would flip it and I would, and then my thing would be like the one person in the world who didn't have the dream Ooh. is Ooh. that person. And they're sitting in their living room, looking at a drawn image of them and they were in everyone else's dream. That is cool. Cool. Dan, they're like, I, I didn't even have the dream. What are you guys talking about? I didn't have the dream. And like, uh, eight billion people are like, no, we had the dream, dude. Yeah. They're like, oh, oh I don't. Cool. I totally dreamed it. Yeah. And so I it's like, does she I'm go out in public for lunch? Does she go out in public? Is she like a waitress or something, or he a wait- waiter or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever? Did this person work in some sort of capacity in which they have to be out in the public? And more and more people are like looking at them out the corner of their eye. And so suddenly they're like running for their life. They have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. They wind up bumping into the librarian who's supposed to start a life after the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like I would, I would like M night Shyamalan try to piece it together yeah. in there. I love that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So while, while working on a premise uh, and we'll use faith-based uh, as an example, uh, and you have a, a pitch and you're working on it. Now, when did the name faith-based, like when did that kind of pop? Hmm. Relatively early on, we're good with titles. I think a title is extremely important, which is why I asked Dylan, I was like, do you have a title? Yeah. Um, Zach, I should go first so I get all the hard questions. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we've done about a hundred episodes of this show and I am struggling with titles now. (laughs) We've had so many (laughs) titles to movies. I'm like, it's gotta be catchy. It's gotta be cool. It's gotta be this, gotta be that. And that's like, Dylan, here you go. But and he goes, that's stupid. I'm like, God. <laughs> well, you got a workshop. You got to workshop your yeah. titles. You got to get a bunch of titles together. You know, a good catchy title tells you what is in the movie. Vas- vaguely tells you what the movie is about. Mm-hmm. Like, like faith based. 
and the S here is a dollar sign. Like there's a little extra component there about the film that reveals itself, right? And so, um, like, I love that like, hat. Where, where can you get that hat? <laughs> well, there's a box of them in my closet. <laughs> you guys need your address. I'll send you a couple. Hundred percent. Right. I will definitely wear that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's cool. Okay, so if, if we had a premise, which is similar to what Dylan said, which is a good one that I came up with a while ago, um, what what do you think would be a, a good working title for this? Man, okay, a working title. Okay, well, we can do this. We can do this right here yeah. and right now. Yep. Um, Dylan, do you have any rough titles at all? Anything at all that you're like, when I think about it, I call it this. I called it living the dream just because I living thought everyone, dream. everyone was kind of living that same weird dream, okay. of the, you know, but, but Dylan didn't like that title. We're just going to spit. We're just going to spit a bunch yeah. about no good ideas, no bad ideas. We're just throwing them out. I'm just generally hesitant to, like, if it's about a dream using the word dream in the title, I'm, yeah, I'm, sure. I understand you. I understand doing it. I don't mm -hmm. think personally, I'm a huge fan of doing that. Um, something like, um, oh man, I don't know how to like, his 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 titles are so long. They're like a but paragraph. I I my titles are for longer longer like book stuff. Um, sure, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, you, you could have that. Like anything anything like, at all that you've been thinking about. Yeah, hit me with it. Something about like um not imagine the end, but something along those uh -huh. lines. Something about okay. like to to say seeing the end of something. Seeing the end. That's not uh -huh. bad. Uh huh. Hmm. All right. Okay. What are what are dream terms and dream terminology? Because that is something that we're hanging this on. Yeah. Is that everyone had the same dream? So like dream terms, you got the word lucid. Lucid. You have uh R REM, um, Yeah, REM sleep. Uh, lucidity's end. Cat naps. Uh lucidity's end. That's crazy. That sounds lucidity's weird. end has a ring to it. That was that, I would write that down. That's one that, that goes yeah. on the list. All right, we're just gonna um, still with that. Yeah, I, I like that. That's the working title right now. Uh yeah, yeah. obviously Dill was throwing on Blue Harvest. I think it was used before. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I like Lucidity's End. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean that's that could be our working title. Yeah, we'll use um, that as a working title. We don't want to take yeah. up too much of your time, Mr. Yeah, that would <laughs> be our Thompson. working title. Yeah. I would try to figure out, and the other thing, what's, the thing that's so fun about a premise is, is you just have to figure out the plot underneath it, and you need like that oh shit moment at the end, mm -hmm. like yeah. full spoiler alert. Is the idea that if this girl uh, isn't killed, then the world does end. Yeah. So what we have here is we have a mother who's very interested in the world continuing in direct Ooh. opposition with a young woman who feels like she has the rest of her life to live and she doesn't know if the world is going to end or not. And so yeah. we have inherent conflict. Like like what are those you know does does this pregnant woman does she kill does she literally in the final scenes of the thing does she strangle mm -hmm. this other person only for everyone to be like, oh, you know what? The comet wasn't going to hit the earth anyhow, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And yeah. so she, then she must wrestle with what she did. Like, I don't know. Those are just no. like rough. That's great. Yeah. Know. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned Save the Cat earlier. And, and uh, we use, we, we've used Save Lake the Cat. Lake Snyder. That's his name. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. We've, and we've used um, Greg Calhoun's, uh, what, what, what's his book, uh, Dylan? Successful, uh, uh, Guide for the Successful Screenwriter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we, we do that. Is do, do you have like, a method that you always use when kind of plotting out how the story is going to go, or do you kind of let the story just organically work? 
Um, I don't I don't go into it blind. I can't recommend that. That might work for some people. Mm-hmm. To me, it's a recipe for giving yourself excuses not mm-hmm. to continue. Okay. Um, I think for me, it starts with for me, it starts with like cool premise. Like Luke and I have a TV show that we're going to start pitching. Um, I'll tell you the premise. I'm not going to tell you the title, um, but the premise is that there is a pill that exists that removes the human need for sleep. And Mm. so that changes culture into a 24 hour society, Mm -hmm. right? And so the countries where this pill is illegal, their economies shoot through the roof because suddenly they're productive all day, every day. But the flip side is that the pill, uh, one of the things that happens when you sleep is your brain de-stresses and stress decreases and whatnot. And so since no one is sleeping, uh, violence and violent crimes mm. increase mm-hmm. dramatically. And so where's the human component? Mm-hmm. So what we have is the idea that we have a police officer and his wife who is a scientist for the company that makes this pill. Only one company makes it. They own the patent. No one else can make it. And she uncovers that they know that taking the pill causes extreme violence in people over time. She's about to reveal this information when she's kidnapped. Her husband, being a police officer, has to be on this drug so that he can go out and be policing all the time. Ooh. Okay. So when he comes in the door and he and she's being kidnapped right in front of him, someone shoots him with the antidote, which causes him to fall asleep for like two and a half weeks. And he wakes up two and a half weeks later in his house. His mm-hmm. wife is gone. Now he must find her. Okay. That is cool. Cool. Right. So that's that's a rough premise, but you know exactly where it's going. There's yep. the sci-fi component. It's like, oh, what an interesting world. But there's the human connection where it's like, fuck, how's this guy find his wife, the criminal underground, the drugs, uncovering a conspiracy, like all of those things. Yeah. Don't steal it. That's cool. So that would be, but but where it began was premise, then it was human connection. So that's where I would go, Dylan, with your idea is yeah, like human connection. You know, what's what's the human component that will make someone care? That's yeah. cool. All right. Now, before we're going to go, I'm going to ask you one more question. Uh, and it has nothing to do with anything we've talked about. Uh, okay. Now, you have uh, faith-based and you had uh, the, the other uh, uh, religious-based short. Now, if Jesus were to come back now, mm-hmm. do you think he'd be a TikTok star? <laughs> man that's a good one because that was it, something I, yeah. that was something i pitched to dylan like a couple years ago i'm like yo honestly if jesus comes back like he would do low-level miracles on tiktok mm-hmm. become a mega star and that'd be the only way to get an actual following right man that's a movie right there guys that's the movie you should pitch is Shit. that like some local some local station some guy out that chest again, Zach. <laughs> yeah, some somebody out there in the middle of nowhere has a TikTok. It's like Jesus on TikTok. You ever seen the movie Michael starring yeah. um, John Travolta? Yeah, John Travolta, yes. right? And it's like, is he or isn't he? That's the whole thing. It's like, is he or isn't he an angel? It's weird how things always seem to work out for him. Then you see the wings. It's undeniable. Blah 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 blah. It would be so interesting to do that exact same thing, but it's like viral TikTok mm-hmm. famous Jesus. Yep. See? That's an excellent idea. Yeah, I knew that's it. A good one. Oh, that's so that's cool. Miss uh, uh, Tanner Thompson, thank you so, so, so much mm-hmm. for being on our show. Uh, I, I, like I said earlier, it, it puts so much fuel in us to keep creating stuff uh, just by talking to people that are doing the things that we do. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. That is so, so cool for you. 
<laughs> to, oh. to spend your time with us. You're such a cool guy. Anytime, um, anytime. Yeah, right on. Uh, so we're going to say Dylan won this episode. Um, and most likely, we also have a live show on Twitch uh, that we try to do with people that watch our show. We create the show with their help. So uh, most likely, if you're watching this now, uh, tune into Twitch and see what we're doing with this, with uh, the, the cool suggestion Mr. Thomas gave us. Um, Tanner. Do you want to tell anybody what to look for, what to watch, make our make our friends and family do homework? Give them something. Oh my to gosh! Do. <laughs> well, honestly, nothing would make me happier than for everybody to watch Faith Based. It's free on Amazon Prime. We're so proud of it. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, that's Graham of Tan, um, and that's nice. where I like put all kinds of updates about all kinds of things. Like, I host a TV show. Um, Luke and I potentially have some like really exciting news coming in the next couple of weeks. And that's stuff that'll like break out through, you know, Instagram and, and other social media. If, um, if, uh, if we wind up having exciting news to share. Oh, so Awesome. All right. So we're going to put a link to faith based in the, in the show notes. We're going to put a link to your Instagram, in the show notes. So if you want to see what Mr. Tanner's up to click, 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 uh, and uh, please watch faith based. I cannot express enough, uh, it, how cool, uh, interesting, <laughs> Um, high and also low stakes, really, really cool, well done, tight movie. I dig it. Um, great job. Yeah, great job. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Dylan, do you have anything to say to our friends before we get out of here? Uh, just thanks again to Tanner for showing up. Uh, nothing for anybody else. <laughs> Screw everybody else. <laughs> Love it. Okay, if you're watching out there, drink some water. Uh, I have been Zach. Uh, he's been Dylan. He's been Tanner. And you've been great. Have a great day, everybody. Bye, Bye everybody. Thank you.